0: Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. COVID special time. Regional Vic has just entered its seventh lockdown and I thought we might have a chat with a couple of our listeners to cover all things COVID and how that might affect
1: everybody. So we have Kylie and Marinda with us today. Thank you so much, ladies, for Zooming in with us because obviously, well, I mean, we haven't been able to visit for months now. Um, so thank you for coming on board. Um, We might talk with Kylie first. Kylie, do you mind just introducing yourself, um, telling us a
2: bit about you and what you do? Sure. Uh, I'm Kylie. Um, Funnily enough, I'm a nurse. Uh, I have four children, four girls actually, uh, ranging in age from 11, 11, 13, 16 and 18. Uh, um, So I'm not quite sure how we survived that. Uh, I'm, I'm studying my masters in advanced nursing practice. Hopefully, one day. Actually, I don't know how I'm going to use it. Let's be honest. And <laughs> and I think um, oh no, I think I know. I'm also working um, up at a tertiary hospital, pediatric, and I'm also working in a smaller hospital um, in their pediatric ward. So, as much as I love adults, don't come to me if you're sick. I'm not interested. <laughs> Uh, I only look after you if you are under 16. So that cuts out half of my family, which I'm grateful for.
1: You're like the opposite <laughs> of every other nurse in Australia. Like <laughs> yeah. you're the only one who doesn't want to look after adults. I remember when I worked in ED um, or oh, I was, no, I worked in um, kids and anytime a paediatric trauma would come, there'd be a big announcement. And then two of us from the ward would have to run down to ED and help look after the kid because <laughs> no one wanted
2: to. <laughs> that's the best i i don't yeah adults scare me because everything that's wrong with them mostly they brought it upon themselves whereas kids (laughs) the victim blamer everyone yeah yeah (laughs) you know that was very general okay very general um but you know the kids are just they're so happy to be looked after even if Mm. they're screaming at you they're so happy about it Mm. so you know um I'm pretty passionate about being with kids and I'm only in my fifth year out of uni. Uh, I came into nursing late, late in life because I'm ancient. And um, before that, I was just busy popping out my own kids. So that's me in a nutshell.
1: That's really cool. What inspired you to do your advanced nursing practice?
2: Uh, I think I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, (laughs) I... I like learning, and I just wanted more evidence-based knowledge and more advanced. I'm sort of moving into an advanced practice type of role, and i I just wanted I wanted that behind me, and I'm hoping I can move it into a nurse practitioner type area. But I've got to get a bit more support from the powers that be on board yet. But yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's really good. good. Um. So I follow both these ladies on Instagram, but Miranda and I have been talking a fair bit lately. I love her stories. <laughs> She's always at the beach. Like I live in regional Victoria. It's cold. The remember- closest beach is like three hours away. <laughs> and I can't imagine getting in that water. It's too close to the Antarctic for me. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> t- I did my friggin' scuba course in the Port Phillip Bay. It was horrible.
0: In August. No, might. Right. Yeah, it still cold. <laughs> Marinda, tell us about you. Oh, thank you
3: so much for having me. Um, and Kylie, I loved hearing that you got into nursing later in life. Um, that's me. So I'm 38. Uh, I'm married and have three kids. So we have a six year old and three year old twins. So I'm at the other end of the spectrum with little, little, little ones. Mm. Um, I also had a surrogate baby in the during the last pandemic last year um, for my friends, so she's nine months old now. I just um, chills. <laughs> yeah, it, it was wild, but, um, you know, no alcohol during the first pandemic, so at least that's a bit different this time around. <laughs> um, <laughs> I live in regional New South Wales, so yes, I'm always at the beach. Um, for me, that's just getting me through, we're at the end of week eight of lockdown here, Um, So kind of daily ocean swims is pretty much my lifeline. Um, I did a Bachelor of Arts straight out of school and then went travelling and then came back and landed a sort of temporary office job, which turned into 15 years. (laughs) Um, And I know, like, I liked it. I'm good at it. But it's just I always knew it wasn't my burning passion. Like, I knew there was something more. Um, so I've always loved midwives um, and my midwives have been amazing through all the births. Um, so I thought that I was getting into the Bachelor of Nursing to become a midwife, but I am fully converted to nursing. I, I just look, never say never. Midwifery might be down the track, but um, I have one tutor in particular who I just she's so inspiring. So I just, yeah, I want to be an RN now. I just I wish yeah. I could say that about any of my tutors. I
1: don't I don't think any of them were particularly inspiring. Oh, really? I feel That's really amazing. lucky.
3: Yeah. So I'm in my first year, first year, second semester. And wow. thankfully, we um we were face to face for our first semester, which was really good. So I made some friends because I think I would be struggling without those friendships. Yeah,
0: for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did my RN EN to RN conversion all online as well. And we had one week at uni before we started, and um then all the people that were regional doing it rurally, we all just shared emails and stuff and I think I have one friend from that who I'm still friends with like 10 years later and I can't imagine trying to get through it without having that support and being online like it's so difficult so difficult so yeah um, and I know that you've had um like you're supposed to be on placement
3: yeah tomorrow was meant to be my first placement in aged care and I was really excited because I by the way I'm definitely dolphin like I'm 100% at dolphin Ah, level ah, ah. I know that may change so like I'm just enjoying it while I've all
1: been there (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) um so I was really excited yeah labs were meant to be last week placement tomorrow but uh, like obviously we just can't so I think it's been pushed back to November pending the public health orders so yeah a bit bummed
2: (laughs) That's so exciting. Uh, can I just interrupt? I did, I did my whole degree online. Um, the actual university was up in Darwin. So this was like it was five years ago. And um, I signed up to do it online because I wasn't going to be able to manage doing, going to university with four pretty small kids at that point. And my husband used to work fly in, fly out. So um, I did this degree full-time online loved it, have still got a really good mate that um, we still share sort of study tips and go through each other's essays because she's doing some postgrad work. But um, I remember vividly going to my first placement, no pandemic, thankfully back then, and being probably as excited as you are now, Miranda. <laughs> yeah. I just, I could not wait to get out there. I was all ready. I had the, you know, the nursing belt and I had the stethoscope and, you know, all the things. And I was ready to go and take everyone's blood pressure, give them all the finger prick, whatever they wanted. And I, I did a lot of wiping bums.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I've never <laughs> even been in a nursing home before my first placement. I, I was thinking, God, what are we going to have to do once they're showered? Like thinking that it was gonna be easy and it was a bloody nightmare. <laughs> it was awesome though. It loved it. And I ended up working there. I ended up working there for like three years after that, which was awesome.
3: My was mates awesome. all bagged me out because Kylie, I've got the little pouch. It's like a nursing pouch that you are not gonna walk into your placement with that. And I was like, Yep, I definitely yeah, every,
1: am. Yeah, um, the students every are the student. only ones who have them. That yep. or like the 30-year veteran nurses. There's a nurse at our Hospital, shout out. She wears two. She has one wow. for like whiteboard markers and like pens and <laughs> scissors, and then the other one. God knows she keeps like two sets of keys and like her phone and I don't know.
0: Oh, look at receipts.
1: It. Who'd know? Like it's just
0: amazing though. What? do. Watch a early. double She's pouch. The and
1: she looks down and pulls her shirt up and goes,
0: "Yeah, somewhere here." <laughs> Gun belt ready to go into war. Oh God, I don't think yeah, we, we have had a pouch. I always
1: just have very big pockets I had a pouch when I was a student and then when I went to theater it just
0: got lost and then I oh, came yeah. back into the ward and went I'll have students hmm. I'll
1: have pouches now
0: <laughs> gee, I don't need a pouch I literally just have one pen because I don't have to do anything
2: <laughs> yep one pen and then well, where's my stethoscope and you, I spend half my shift looking for the stethoscope
0: I spent <laughs> half my shift looking for the students who's got scissors
2: Oh uh, yes, student. I
0: always, I still have the same scissors that I stole out of my very first theater case um like eight years ago. Still got them. Oh. big mayo's real count big. that shit. No, anyway. they weren't, they were single ones. <laughs> <laughs> no one's <listening.
1: laughs> I'm not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they stole them off the tray and then the patients not- <laughs> off the tray. They everyone thought it fell in the patient. <laughs> They've
2: cut the patient back open and then yeah, no scissors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Eighteen months into this COVID, like we'd be a little tiny bit more under control, but I guess we're not. Like <laughs> we are, well, no, New South Wales. Are, are we
1: yesterday or something? Didn't they? no? I was going to say Victoria. This time last year, Victoria was having oh. six, seven hundred cases a day. Yeah. So there is a light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah,
0: well, that wasn't definitely Delta. Delta's quite scary, and the fact yeah, that it's right. affecting children is really um, heartbreaking. Like when they were talking mm. yesterday about encouraging primary school kids to wear masks I just thought right well I'm not taking my kid out anymore like mm, sorry. that's exactly
1: what I did yesterday I was out on a walk with our four-month-old and I'm walking around in half the town with no masks on and like it's at the point where it's more important than ever to be doing the right thing and to be um I ended up getting into arguments with conspiracy theorists on Facebook yes, oh. actually <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's just no Because I really do feel like
1: people who are out there protesting are like spitting in the face of healthcare workers because it's bullshit. We don't want to be putting up with this. And, you know, I just, I feel like by protesting and having public gatherings and people not caring about the rules, it's going to increase presentations, putting healthcare workers at risk. And then also like if we end up close contacts or if we end up infected, then our close contacts who are often our colleagues have to be have to self-isolate and then the rest of our colleagues are working like dogs to make up for like we had we had a heap of close contacts this time last year um at work and it was a nightmare I think I worked like 20 days straight because we had no staff
3: and it's also a kick in the teeth I guess for everyone in the community doing the right thing like I'm desperate to see my family and friends but I'm not like I'm staying at home so it's just it's frustrating and it's Yeah, it makes me a bit angry.
0: (laughs) The biggest problem is that those people that are protesting don't think of the bigger picture. So they're not thinking about the fact that them all gathering could mean that, you know, however many of them could end up in hospital with COVID. They're not thinking like that. And you can't change that thought. Like I've given up even bothering. But I think it's, yeah, I think those conspiracy theorists, I mean, I love a good conspiracy theory.
2: Just not, like, not when one. there's an actual yeah. pandemic going
0: on.
2: me <laughs> in <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um. Do you think that uh, mental health, obviously, is a really big issue around that? We've all struggled. Well, I've definitely struggled with it this year. Um. Do you think having your studies and work affected by COVID, like spending as much time at home as you, you are with your children, who are now you know being homeschooled? And or remote learning um, and not being able to attend extracurricular. I mean, Amelia's been doing dance on Zoom. Do you think that that impact on your lives and your study is going to have an overall effect going forward?
2: I think so. I, up till probably halfway between lockdown five and six, I was just sort of traveling along and not really not really sort of worrying about myself I guess because I've got four other four kids I've got to make sure they're okay so why would I worry about myself and then I guess um, uh, you know that didn't work (laughs) that didn't work between lockdown five and six and I probably you know had a bit of a mental health breakdown, I guess you'd call it, Um, which in hindsight is a really good thing because it's made me more aware um, that I need to look after myself. Um, But lockdown six just, I don't know about anyone else, but it's just really got to me this one and I I don't see much of a way out of it at the moment because, you know, there's the lockdowns, which I don't know how to to stop because we can't stop them. It seems to be the only thing, but they're so bad and draining for so many people for so many different reasons yet you know what are our other options at the moment and I, I, I find that really hard and so looking forward I don't see a big light at the moment at the end of the tunnel I don't know about anyone else it's just I this one is tough
1: term, I heard the term pandemic fatigue and mm. I, it just describes it perfectly for me I feel like um you know, there's lots of ways that I'm indirectly impacted. Like I'm not at work at the moment, but last year, um, you know, with all these lockdowns, it didn't affect me to the extent that I feel like it is now because I could still go to work and now I had some still a a level of normality, but now, you know, it seems to be this constant toing and froing and this constantly, this constant change. And you know the government asking us to be so flexible and so patient and you know I said to my mother-in-law the other day wouldn't it have been nice at the beginning if they said okay we're going to go for a moderate level of restrictions from you know from the get-go let's do this for five years and then we'll be okay and I feel like people would have had a better time adjusting to that not so you know hindsight's a great thing but this constant toing and froing between being open and not having masks on to going back to masks and then like you know, we live right near the New South Wales border. So I can literally, uh, well, this was before, like, you know, a couple of months ago, I could go over the border, no mask, go to the supermarket, no mask, or come back over the border, quick, pop your mask back on. Like it, I just think this constant toing and fro is more damaging to people's um, mental health than, you know, one sort of set level of restriction for, a, you know, definite amount of time. And I think it's just the unknown and, you know, I, I really do feel like exhausted from the whole thing mm-hmm. and, I'm not even like my husband's still able to work and, um, you know, I'm on leave, so I'm still getting paid. And, um, I think, I feel like I've been impacted though, in a way, you know, they say when you have a baby that it's like takes a village and you've got people coming over. And, um, I think at the beginning I did, and that was great. And then it sort of all stopped. And then you think, you know, on days when you're just emotionally and physically exhausted, there's no one that can sort of pop around and cheer you up or pop around and just put your dishes away or something. And I feel like it kind of sucks and we haven't had mum's groups and we haven't had it. We didn't get antenatal classes and, you know, a lot of that stuff you can't get back for your first baby. And I think, you know, that's just me personally.
3: I really Um, feel for new parents. I like it. It's isolating having a baby at the best of times, I think. Um, And to have all those supports kind of not there, it would be really – I really feel for you. It's really hard. Mm. Um, I think in New South Wales, like, I really feel for you guys in Victoria. And it was hard to really kind of truly understand what you've all been through. And, uh, like, we still don't. We still haven't been through the um, amount of lockdowns that you have. But coming to the end of week eight (laughs) – now, like, it's just, um, yeah, it's that feeling, I think that you were describing, Kylie, it's kind of a feeling of helplessness. I just, um, and just not knowing when it's going to end. Um, mm. So, yeah, definitely, I don't know what the long-term impact is. I know that my daughter doesn't want to go back to school and she <laughs> loved school. <laughs> um yeah. She likes her teacher better at school than the teacher at home. Uh, she doesn't listen to her teacher at home very much, but um, yeah. she just thinks it's great. Like, so she's, you know, we will go down to the beach at lunchtime. And so there's been positives, but I do, I do, I just, yeah, I don't know what the long-term impact will be for the kids.
0: I feel like for you, you're in week eight or coming to the end of week eight, but your numbers are still 800. 800
3: gears yeah, I haven't checked today the Gladys is on probably now but um yeah I don't know what the numbers are actually I've stopped tuning in because I think that was affecting me every day I'd sit there at 11 o'clock waiting for Gladys to come on and um yeah it was that was getting to me
0: well yesterday we were sat there we had our group chat blowing up because obviously the numbers in regional Victoria sort of rose dramatically over the day and and um yeah we sat there yesterday waiting for uncle Dan to come on and whether it was going to be a North face or <laughs> on a Saturday. Cause that always gives a clue. I mean, we all knew we were going into lockdown, but there was all this talk about they were going to shut down takeaway and make it really strict. And they have, you know, made it really strict now for childcare and for who can actually go to school. So even if um, you know, that puts people in even tougher situations. So I'm super lucky because I have my mother-in-law who will homeschool Amelia for me um, while I'm at work. But my husband's job is not essential. So if she couldn't have um, Amelia, then Amelia wouldn't be able to go to school. So Cam would have to stop working um, in order to have her. So and I feel for the people now that aren't essential workers who now have Mm. their kids at home when normally they would send them to school if they have to work from home or to childcare, even just for that break. Like, you know. It's just, it's really different, I think, this time around. I think 18 months in, we're all so fatigued from it. And I think lockdown six for me was different because I had gone home and seen my family in Perth. So for all the other lockdowns, every time a lockdown came, it just meant to me further and further away from seeing my family. And then I managed to grab that tiny window that WA let us in and raced over there spent a week there we're free everyone was free everyone no one cared about the numbers I was freaking out because Victoria was going to head back to lockdown but no one else cared and then I get back to a lockdown and I was like I'm okay now and then I was (laughs) I was like it's all right I don't need to go home again for a little while so I'm all right but then this lockdown I'm just like fuck it's a little too close to home being regional how far could it be spread the fact that kids are involved. I'm just like, this is crazy now.
1: Mick and I have got family all over Australia and I have found it so frustrating that they haven't been able to understand what we've been going through and like that they just get to go to music festivals and they just get to go and, (laughs) you know, and I think you feel like your world's apart from them and you feel like, you know, that maybe you're complaining about nothing or, you know, they, they really have no concept of what is going on and how, you know they'll think oh big deal you have to stay home but it's not like that at all like you know but anyway I think you've got to find strategies to keep you like moving forward and Mm -hmm. like for me um I've been learning Dutch which this lockdown I haven't been so successful because I've had a baby but um the last few lockdowns like I've been really trying to just learn a skill or do something You know, somewhat beneficial for my mind. Actually, I did discover the RuPaul's Drag Race app, and it's a game (laughs) where you are a drag queen and you have to buy clothes and then enter competitions. So good. Love it. Yes, that sounds awesome. It's consumed my lockdown this time. And my husband's like, don't stay up all night playing that game. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, it's 10 to 12. Better go to bed. Oh
0: my God. (laughs) It's so good. I'm addicted. That's so funny. What's something um, that you both do to keep yourself positive? I know, Miranda, you go to – Miranda.
3: I get Miranda all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You go to the beach. But is there anything else that you do to keep Um, yourself positive?
3: Look, I feel a bit zoomed out. But, like, you know, we do get – like the girls get together and we do Zoom drinks or um, play games, like on, like do catch-ups and dress-ups and stuff. But um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah we need to do that,
1: Kelly. It's
3: <laughs> actually really good. I love a good dress-up costume dress. So, like, we'll have a different theme each Saturday. Um, Kylie,
1: have, have you been finding it um, easy or challenging with your girls, like trying to keep them positive, Um you know what? What sort of things have you guys been doing?
2: We're pretty lucky because we live smack bang in the middle of. There's a beach three kilometers that way, and then there's another beach three kilometers that way. Um, so oh. we can just go to the beach, which That's is good. which is really nice. Um, Be frigging cold. I we want to go and lie there. <laughs> we just we just go for a walk. But thankfully, I'm I'm really grateful that they're a little bit. Older now, so unlike yours, Miranda and you, Kelly, and not so much you, Alicia, because I was. It's okay. <laughs> not doing a very good job. <laughs> but mine, mine, entertain themselves. They just go and play, and they they just hang out. Um, I guess the the worst part about it all is that our house, as I said, is really small. So, and I'm still trying to study, and I'm also working from home. Um, so that's really tough. But we've worked it now that there's a routine. I work when they're working in school time. We all go with the same school bell routine. And um, we, that's what we've had to do keep a routine. And then on the weekends, everyone just, you know, we just do whatever, yeah. just do whatever. Anything to keep everyone happy. Um, and if that means playing Nintendo Switch for three hours while I study, so be it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love so, it. Um, the only good mm. thing about remote learning is that she brings home her device from school, so when the iPad's flat, the laptop's good to go. So. <laughs> and also-
2: oh, but- and no school lunches. Yes. Yes. How good is that? Yes. Oh, <laughs> the best thing ever, no school lunches and no commuting. And you can wear whatever you like.
0: Yeah. Kylie, <laughs> awesome. I love that you put your girls to work and make them cook dinners for you.
2: That that is the best thing. That's the best thing I've ever done because, a, I'm not cooking. Yeah. B, I'm still not cooking. And C, they're learning Absolutely. a life skill, yep. and they really enjoy it. So um, my h- husband, God love him, said to me last night as he was helping uh, my youngest cook a roast chicken. He's like, "When are you going to cook again, Kylie?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Never." I don't know what you've been doing for the past twenty years. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hey, right. so what age does that start? When can I
2: put my six-year-old oh. to work? <laughs> Easy, start now. My 11-year-old, my 11-year-old is super capable, but she was cooking herself. She's the youngest, so she had it's got to be self-sufficient, otherwise she'd start, So <laughs> she started cooking herself breakfast, I don't know. She would have been in kinder. She'd know how to scramble uh, eggs. Yeah, I get on to it.
1: Because, I say this because I'm a new mum, and obviously new mums are super ambitious, and they really think that they're <laughs> going to be able to do everything. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot what my question was. Uh, what time? Back? I okay. think Olive's
2: a bit young. I think she's a bit young for scrambled eggs. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe try it with toast.
1: Oh No, what I was going to say is like, I feel like um not, uh, you know, this is me being super ambitious. Um, are there people out there who are doing the whole, well, you're at home, so you might as well learn home skills and life skills because I feel like, you know, I've got nieces and nephews and stuff and they're all fucking useless. Mm-hmm. i don't know how to do anything and mm-hmm. i said to because my husband was like when can we teach ollie to get me a beer and i'm like the day that she's allowed to get your beer is the day that she learns how to make me a coffee and he didn't like that very much but i feel like you know there there are kids out there that literally walk up to them i want water mm-hmm. i just i sit there and i'm like seething like get your own fucking water
2: yeah. <laughs> Or well, at least only, use your fucking mammoth. <laughs> I'm, I'm only doing it because it keeps them busy. Yeah. And it gets me I'm so sick of cooking. Yeah. And it gets me probably, out of the kitchen. Do they enjoy but then it I can too? study. They do. They re- huh. No, they really do. I think they do enjoy it. Um and do they sit there
1: when they're eating it and go, I did this? Like I'm a not, part of why this tastes good kind of thing.
2: Yeah, a bit, but it's not like they're cooking anything spectacular it's the same meals that we have all the time yeah (laughs) yeah i I forgot (laughs) to mention that we're just having eggs on toast every night but um (laughs) it's you (laughs) know it's not spectacular but at least um when i go to work when i have to work late or or you know whatever and if i'm not home they're they're capable of cooking something they can make. god forbid if anyone ever moves out um, you know they're not going to live on dry
0: wheat beaks and yeah. sausages yeah that's right amelia hates cooking with me but we'll cook with grandmother
3: classic they always do that right yep.
0: yeah. <sighs> I don't, it doesn't bother me
2: <laughs> no encourage it
0: <laughs> i like being in the kitchen by myself i listen to like my true crime podcast mm-hmm. um so i thought we might chuck out some recommendations like what you've been watching reading and listening to over the lockdown just um, for other people to you know because there's mm-hmm. lots of stuff out there and I've actually just finished reading my second book for the year or for eight years we need to talk about that I'm on to- <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to my third book I'm very <laughs> excited <laughs> what is it uh I've just finished reading emotional female <gasps> how I'm good is
1: that? it
0: Yumiko Kadoku. is that a
1: nonfiction?
0: That all I'm all reading nonfiction yep. at the moment, so it's her life story. It's the best. Yeah, mm. it's so good, isn't it? Mm. So I good. Her on a Mamma Mia podcast, and then I was like, obsessively trying to get her on our podcast, but she's quite busy apparently. So rude. Um, and mm. I yeah bought the book, and it's it's amazing. It's about her story of becoming a doctor and how she basically became so burnt out due to the horrible way residents and registrars in the public sector are treated she worked like incredibly horrible hours and um basically because she was a uh immigrant female as well didn't help the situation in the misogynistic world of doctors so and now currently reading the trauma cleaner uh, what i'm reading yeah <laughs> about <Sandra laughs> yeah uh, i listened to her podcast on the deep with Zoe Marshall and um, I was blown away by it and she's a transgender lady who recently just passed away actually but she has done lots of things in her life but basically became a trauma cleaner so she cleans up after murders suicides um, hoarders and it's all about well I'm only like a little few chapters in but she's incredible and I just really wanted to know more about her story that's
3: heartbreaking nice. but an, an amazing story yeah, yeah
0: no. she's mm. an incredible life I just I'm really I've moved away from the like fiction stories and I've discovered that like I really want to learn more about people's lives and I don't know if just doing this podcast has made me more open to it or but yeah I'm I'm
1: sort do of do you find that though like I used to read really traumatizing books like I all the all the books I ever read have been like about um kids who've been kidnapped like that J.C. Lee Dugard who was kidnapped and lived 18 years with her captor and then like I literally read all these books about little children who get raped and killed and whatever or, you know whatever people who end up addicts and live on the street I don't know why I've always read them but now when I read them I feel like they're too traumatizing like and when I watch The Handmaid's Tale I'm like shaking for a week after <laughs> it and I look around going like any minute now someone's going to take over and then I'm going to be made of you know, reproduction whore. Motherhood is softening, Alicia. <laughs> <Deprived>. <laughs> Actually, oh. I will say, I'm going to tell you who I'm listening to in case, you know, you didn't ask me, but that's okay. Um, you go for it. I am obsessed. So I have gurus, right? And you all know, I'm. you know, Gretchen Rubin's one of my gurus and I've discovered a new guru. Her name is Mel Robbins and I'm obsessed with her Mm. i could listen to this chick speak forever she's all about like changing your life which i don't really feel like i need to change my life but she's got this amazing stuff about mindset um and about how if you want to achieve something it's only within your power and um just the way she talks like she was an alcoholic she'd lost her job her husband had invested all this money that failed they were pretty much on the verge of bankruptcy and um she was like so depressed she wasn't getting out of bed and then um she developed this five second rule and it helped her totally change her life and now she's like one of the most sought after motivational speakers in the world and um she's fabulous and I can't get enough and I'm gonna read she's got a few books out because I've read all Gretchen Rubin's books now so I've got
3: to move on to my new guru is she related to Tony Robbins I have no idea
1: Who's yeah. Tony
3: Oh, he's like a inspirational motivational kind of speaker like with a, with a cult following as well.
1: Oh, okay. No, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. No, I'll have to look him up. Maybe they are. Maybe that's her husband. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, no, she's fabulous. And just like, she's got all these really good. If you follow her on Instagram, it'll be like how to stop snapping at your kids. And she'll have like all these practical. I need that.
2: Yeah. And, you know,
1: like five times that you're in the wrong relationship or, you know, she has all these really good practical um thing like tools that you can use or like um, self-assessments that you can do in two seconds. And um she's just fabulous. And I love listening. She just makes me feel like I can do anything when I listen to her, <laughs> which is really important when you're in lockdown. I think you have to like,
0: believe in yourself
3: that you can get through it. Yeah.
0: Mirinda, what have you been watching, listening?
3: Oh, Look, I just finished This Is Going To Hurt by Adam Kay. Oh, Loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, really good. And like you, Kel, I'm reading The Trauma Cleaner. Um, and then also just reading uni textbooks. So, like, there's only so much yeah. I can read during semester. <laughs> oh, no, know. Um, watching, I am obsessed with the Royal Flying Doctor Service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Doctor Eliza, like I'm in love. Um, and also the new Nurses show set in Sydney. So that started last week. What? Um, How do we not know about this? Channel yeah, five. yeah. Channel Seven on Wednesday night. So Wednesday basically goes Nurses and then Royal Flying Doctors. It's amazing. The- Write it down.
0: It's yeah. drama. It's not. Uh, it's not a real life one it's like it's a drama yeah yeah and it's really good it's like country practice but modern day
3: it's so good and then I just finished Dr. Death which was mind-blowing yeah I need to watch that like I just don't understand how that went on for so long it's terrifying Terrifying. um and Atypical is another one and then watch that I loved Atypical yeah it's so good and now I'm really
1: proud of myself that I know four different kinds of penguins (laughs)
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yo. Um, and the podcast that I most recently listened to, obviously apart from two humorous nurses, um, <laughs> whoop, whoop, uh, Dying for Sex was really good. Uh, um, so it's about a girl, Molly, who got diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer and she leaves her husband and goes out and has all this wild sex and explores everything she wants to because she's about to die. So. What? um yeah it's wow. wild but and then she
1: survives and realizes that she gave up her love of her life
3: <laughs> oh i'm not gonna do any spoilers you need <laughs> to listen to it but it's um yeah it's really good and it goes quite deeper than that like that's wow. just sort of the headline of it but um i highly recommend that and she has a book too so that's on my that's in my backlog of books that i want to read Jeez, i'm gonna have to write that down
2: to you you sold that one well oh yeah. thanks good job <laughs> <laughs> Kylie, Um, what
1: are you doing with your life?
2: Well, when I'm not reading uh, pharmacology for professionals, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, um, I have, uh, so I mentioned I had a bit of a mental downhill. So I'm on a mental uphill now. I've been listening to, um, have you heard, I don't know if you've heard of Hugh Van Kylenberg, who does the Resilience Project. I've heard I've, of the resilience I, project. You probably would have, yeah. So I've just um I've just finished reading his book and I'm also listening to his podcast with um uh, Ryan someone or another. That's helpful, called The Imperfects. And mm-hmm. they talk about vulnerability and um his, his books <laughs> the book sort of surround is thoughts. surrounded by um gratitude and empathy and mindfulness and just how that everyone's vulnerable and if you incorporate this gratitude empathy and mindfulness into your day you know it's going to make you more aware and particularly happier so it might might be good with your great ruben yeah
1: she's amazing and and Mm. there was another one called the positive pants podcast that really like kick-started my um realization Mm. that your mind is super powerful and and Mm. um you know the way you talk to yourself is so so important and the habits that you keep um, you know, because we all start innocent. We all start, and you know, looking at my daughter, I look at her and think, oh, my gosh, you are untainted at the moment. And, no. you know, life taints us as we get older and we start believing the shit that we hear. Or, um, you know, I used to find myself, I will jump into something and be like, oh, idiot and then you realize that's how you talk to yourself every day of course you mm. think you're an idiot of course you don't believe in yourself or think that you're a beautiful or a good person because you literally tell yourself that you're an idiot every day and you know once you start retraining that like thought process mm. it's so powerful and i'm all about um i was i was reading about the resilience project i think the work that they're doing is amazing mm. and um yeah it's it's, it's so really important. good yeah
2: yeah and self compassion i don't think we're um compassionate to ourselves Mm -hmm. nearly nearly enough and I I think you know when we have someone come to us with a problem um and we tell them oh you know you should love yourself and you're doing a great job and all those positive things but how often do we tell ourselves that exact same thing so true yeah
1: I have um this is you might have heard me talk about it on the podcast but because Gretchen Rubin is one of my gurus and she um does the happiness project and um, you come up with commandments for your happiness and then you come up with secrets to adulthood and I have them printed and they are on the other side of my shower so I look at them every single day and one of them, one of my happiness commandments is talk to yourself like how you would talk to a friend because, mm. you know, you know y- why do you give out all this great advice and all this great, um, you know, talk to your mates but you don't do that to yourself so it's, Absolutely. Mm, it's powerful, just- people don't realise
2: I've got to tell you what I've been watching. Um, yeah. Surely you've all watched Grey's Anatomy, yeah? Yeah.
1: yeah. You'd have yeah.
2: to. So there's a spin-off called Station 19. Oh, and it's, know. you know how the guy who, one of the doctors is a, becomes a fireman, Bailey's husband? Well, he works for Station 19. And Hottie McHotterson's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so if you just if you just want to have a bit of, as a few teary bits as well I've got to say if you need a good cry but if you just want to have a good look yeah um, that's my recommendation very light-hearted just watch it on mute you reckon <laughs> perfect
0: <laughs> love it I've been watching the white lotus on um, that's on Foxtel and binge and it is so weird it's like funny weird it's got um the mum um I can't think of her name Coolridge what's her Jennifer Coolidge Coolidge yeah and she's so funny on this and an on cool. I couldn't remember her name <laughs> anyway it's very good I've really enjoyed it um just a weird mind-numbing show that made me laugh um and I don't listen to very many nursing or happiness or anything like that podcast i listen to really random stuff but i've been listening to just the gist with rosie waterland and jacob stanley which i love because it gives you just the gist of the most things that you probably never knew you needed to know about um and they're very funny and twisted minds which is all about um I talk to lots of psychologists and um people who deal with who like serial killers and like talk about their, um, yeah, it's a very interesting, I love it.
1: I can't bring myself to commit to another TV show at this point. Like I'm scared and I don't know what it is. And so I've just literally rewatched 12 seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. Ah, yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who's your
3: favourite drag queen?
1: Uh, Trixie Mattel.
3: Yeah, Trixie's yeah. good. Trixie's the bomb. Lisa
0: And... Um- there's too many, but
3: I'm Adore Delano. I'm an Adore it. girl. Yeah. yeah. I love Adore.
0: I follow Adore on Instagram actually. Too. And um, Bimini, Bimini from again. the UK. Bimini! Like, Bimini was amazing. Bimini was what? my favorite. The last UK season was my absolute favorite. Same. Season, all of them. And I feel like I was so ripped off. Anyway, Amelia loved it because I don't reckon. Right from the start, there was a bad. Like, I reckon they all deserved to win. They were just all yeah. so amazing. Except for that one that got his lips done in the middle of, I can't even
1: remember his name. He was oh, yeah. unremarkable.
3: Time don't off. say a horror. No, I loved a horror. Oh, okay. Whew. I loved a horror and taste. Like, taste is yeah. just stunning. Oh, poor Kylie. Kylie, I've do got you got want no to what? I don't, I've
1: got, I have, I have got it's no a, idea it's what is a
2: reality, you're doing. reality like, I've heard, show about I've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I just you you're talking another language, but you're oh. looking so excited.
1: Oh, it is. Do you know what? It's the feel-good show of the century. Yeah. I have to tell yep. it. It's so good. It's like culturally woke. It's funny. It's clever. It's artistic. I love the fashion. I could literally I lo- I love it. I'm it's not the
0: same that the down under series was so shit. It was, it was a bit big, dismal.
1: I, I, I think they just put the feelers out there to see how it would be um. Sort of welcomed in Australia, I reckon, because Let's be honest, half of our country's a pack of fuckhead bigots that <laughs> you know uncultured swine.
2: Say how so- you feel. That's the way. <laughs> Say what
1: you feel. <laughs> All these conspiracy theorists—they got me back up.
3: yeah <laughs> So, Gretchen Rubin's your guru, Mama Roo, Ru. Mama Roo's yeah. Mama do
0: no, you know? <laughs>
3: I feel like the show's rigged. I'm going to put it out
1: there.
0: 100%. 100%. Of course. All shows are. Reality TV is not real. Not and RuPaul real. kind of
1: annoys me. I liked him in the first few seasons, and now I feel like, you know, he'll just pick the Black Queens, even if they're not good.
3: And well, apparently Lawrence choice. won the UK because Bimini already had a major contract because Bimini totally deserved to win that.
0: Bimini's yeah. too hard to market. But Lawrence, I didn't, didn't like Lawrence. Yeah. He wasn't happy I anyway, there Let's, should be a whole episode
3: a... on RuPaul.
1: Yeah, can we do a um, drag race recap yes. sp- yeah. spin-off? Dress up. Two humans versus recap RuPaul's drag race. When I do my makeup, <laughs> I just... I'm trying to convince my friend Brittany to become a drag king and I told her I'd be her drag mum. <laughs> Not sure how that's going. <laughs>
2: I'll keep you posted on that one.
1: Anyway, we better wrap it up.
0: Thanks for joining us. It's been fun, oh, Kelly Thank Rhodes. you.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: <laughs> thank you so <laughs> much great. for having us. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, oh, it's been great. It's been nice to chat to other people who are, you know, facing the same so we don't feel like you know, we're the only ones going through it. I feel like my batteries are being recharged a little bit and ready to yeah. take on the day. Look at this beautiful yeah. weather. Can you see it? I think it's supposed to be like 21 today. <laughs>
2: I I think my uh, children are outside um, looking at the UV index so they can sun themselves. (laughs) Not that I'm condoning sun tanning at all. (laughs) They're getting (laughs) vitamin D. They're getting getting vitamin D. I've
0: got 50 SPF on. It's all good. Oh,
2: so much.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks again, ladies. And to our uh, faithful audience, don't forget to like, follow, and share us. Share
0: us follow us on instagram at two humorous nurses podcast and send an email to humorous nurses at gmail.com that's humorous like the bone h-u-n-e-r-u-s bye bye thank you Bye. bye